Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about 10 different tips and tricks to increase your energy level. But first, a little catching up. Gina, you are back from vacation. I have not heard anything about it. What's what's tell us? Well, okay. So you saw the photos, you know, we had a great time. Yeah. Oh, I kind of hated you a little bit. Like, (laughs) and I tried very hard. I actually didn't post that much because I just tried to stay away from my phone as much as possible. I really wanted to just enjoy it and be present and in the moment. So I I did a very good job with that, I think. But a couple uh, big things, you know, first of all, it was the weirdest vacation ever because I think we ate out one time. We were in North Carolina. I did not want to be around people very much. Neither did anyone that we were with. So we were with about we were with uh, about five other people and then about nine other people. So anyway, it, but all close family members, it was all good. Anyway, we didn't uh, do much outside of playing at the pool and the hot tub, you know, hanging out in our little bar in the base or by the pool and going to the beach. And we parasailed. So you did probably see the picture of Paige parasailing. We went up 600 feet. Wow. I could not believe she did it, but she did. I did guilt her a little bit. I was like, listen, Paige, I already paid for this. You have to do it. (laughs) And she goes, I can pay you back for my money in my piggy bank. (laughs) I was like, it's fine, Paige. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But I would really like someone else to go up there with. So she did finally do it. And I was very proud of her for that. Oh, yeah. So other than that, we had a lot of fun. We, you know, we rented some jet skis for for a day and it was just nice and relaxing. But... The ride home. So first of all, it was a 10-hour <laughs> car ride, okay? We did we did it straight through. It really was not that bad. On the way there, my dad and his wife, Paula, took Paige. So they had Paige. And then we just had to have Cameron, who actually does a very good job in the car. He was great. So the ride down was easy. The ride home, we started at 6 o'clock and didn't get home till 6 o'clock. So it took us about 12 hours, which on the way there, it took us a 10 hours and like 20 minutes. Okay, because we stopped about six times. Within the first hour, Paige threw up. Oh, no. And expecting that, yeah. Thankfully, I had a bag so I, and I was prepared because she kind of warned me. Like, she's, had, she's had GERD pretty much her entire life, so she knows when she's going to throw up. Poor thing. So I was ready. So that was pleasant. Okay. So then about an hour and a half away from home, we, I started hearing, so Nick was driving. He was driving my car. I started to hear this noise that sounded very similar to what the noise my car was making about three to four weeks prior to vacation where I had brought it into the shop to get fixed. And he gave it a name. He said, oh, your blah, blah, blah was loose. So we fixed it. Okay. So that's the noise that I heard. And I'm like, that's weird. So I called the guy who had done our our car work. And he said, I, I asked him, I said, listen, I'm hearing the same noise. Should we pull over? Is it something we should be concerned about? He said, no. So we kept going. The noise would go, it was on, it went on and off. So eventually, so it would stop and then it would come back and stop and come back, which it was doing again about three to four weeks ago. It would stop and then come back, stop and then come back. So I thought, okay, same thing's happening. We'll have to bring it back in. Then about 30 minutes from our house, the, no, the noise started getting progressively worse. And Nick noticed that when he would kind of curve the car, it would kind of shake. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> but very slightly. Then about 10 minutes from our house, Nick was like, I don't think we're going to make it home. So he 
starts to bring the car over to the, so we're on 670, which is a very, very busy highway in Columbus. And it was rush hour. Okay. So he starts to go over into the, into the, the lane furthest to the right. All of a sudden, I kid you not, I look up and there is a tire a hundred feet in the air in front of us. <laughs> what? And it was our tire that had fallen <laughs> off our car. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I know you're all okay. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't even feel anything in the car. I'm sure we like slumped down. <laughs> but like, honestly, how does that I, happen? I, I exactly. How does that happen? I I don't know. So Nick quickly gets over, you know, I'm into dying. the <laughs> I'm just like I mean I lived in Columbus. Like, I know this highway. And I'm just, uh-huh. like, picturing uh-huh. a tire 100 feet in the air. Okay. Oh, it was like a movie, Nicole. <laughs> You've never seen anything like it. So we pull over. The first thing I think, because I knew we were all fine. I mean, we were all fine. I start to have mini panic attack. Like, someone has just been killed. I'm like, that tire has landed on someone. There is no way <laughs> in H-E double hockey sticks that that tire did not land on someone and, and possibly even land on multiple people because it had to have bounced. And it, so we were on 670 West and then, you know, the other side was 670 East. So it had to have bounced over there. And then there's a, a, a giant walking path. <laughs> so I was like, Nick, I have to run across the freeway and make sure anyone's everyone's okay. He was like, are you on crack? Like, no. So I mean, I was shaking. I, I thought for sure we had killed someone. I, I, I guess we didn't. I have not heard anything. A cop pulled up behind me and I said, the first thing I said, I was like, listen, you've got to tell me, has there, have you gotten any calls? Was there, you know, our tire flew in the air. I do, I honestly, I still don't know if it hurt anyone, but my assumption is it did not because I think we would have heard of it by now. But how it didn't land on someone or two people, I <laughs> do not know. <laughs> I mean, if it, I mean, rush hour, I feel like you would know. Yes, they, the cop took our name, um, so he know he he can get in touch with us. And we didn't, we watched the news that day; like it would have been on the news, like flying tire on six seventy. <laughs> I have a really important question: Did you call the dealer, whoever the car, the mechanic? Did you call them and be like, "Dude, yes, okay. yes, okay, we did." And he, you know, it's really hard because we like. I, He's our friend, like not our friend, but like I've gone to him for years. My parents have gone to him for years. Like we're tight. Like I always send my car to him. He's everyone knows him. Like he's the, (laughs) he's the community, you know, car guy. And so I had the car towed there and I'm like, you know, our tire fell off. That's not normal. First thing he said was, because they worked on my front brakes. So they had to have taken off my tires and put them back on. He's like, well, someone could have, you know, uh, taken the tire. I probably probably shouldn't have said his name. I'm probably gonna have to have Brian bleep that out because I, I don't want him to, you know, get any in any trouble. But he said someone could have tried to steal your tire maybe when you were in North Carolina, which oh, is a plausible explanation. I didn't think of it, that. Yeah, but but no, we were, okay, I drive a Honda CRV with mid-range tires. We were there with like some seriously expensive cars. The last car tire they would have stolen would be mine. And even if so, like, why wouldn't, they, why didn't they steal it? Like they should have, they, they wouldn't just loosen up my neck. Well, yeah. And how do you make it, it nine and a half hours? Right. You, mean, you were 10 minutes from home. Well, see, yes. And that's another thing. So I had driven from the time I brought in my car to see him to the time I um, 
this happened, we had driven probably about 1500 miles total, which you can argue, well, then, you know, it should have fallen off way before, but you can lose a tire from either under tightening your bolts or over tightening. So I'm like, well, maybe they were over tightened. So that's why it took so long. I don't know. Regardless, I'm just going to have my insurance pay for it. I'm not going to like file anything or do whatever, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I did have a conversation with him. It is a little bit fishy, but I I can't prove it. I can't prove that they did anything wrong. And so yeah. I'm just going to have to deal. You know, no one got hurt. That is really all that matters. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was our fun story. We that, This was, again, yeah, this was 10 minutes away from our house. I had to have my mom. And we were, we had pulled over literally 10 feet away from an on-ramp. So it was a really terrible position to be in. You know, people had to quickly get over to basically dodge us on the side of the road. Uh, so I had to have my mom come pick us up on the side of the road and she brought her boyfriend. So it was two cars <laughs> and actually it actually worked out really well because we all went with my mom and then we had all of our, I mean, our car was packed with all of our, our stuff. So we moved all of our stuff into Jerry's car and it was towed. It was just a complete mess. And then I, I get home. I had, I had paid someone to, to paint our garage. I got home. It was the completely wrong color. So I pulled into the driveway. Not only did the guy not cut our grass, who I asked to come on Thursday or Wednesday, he didn't come at all. And our garage was painted this like canary yellow, which was not at all. So I had to pay him again to redo it. It was supposed to be gray. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What color was it supposed to be? No, it was, it was supposed to be the same color of our house, which is a very, very, very light yellow, almost tan. And, and you it came was back to bright. Big Bird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god! I looked at it. I was like, maybe it will work. And my mom was like, no. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not going to work. This is not good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, what about you? What's new? Oh, way less interesting stuff going on <laughs> in my life. Um, so I... Pulled the trigger too quickly on an Instapot. I quickly got, um, I returned it. It never even opened oh! the box. Yeah. So I got a, I got jealous of my father-in-law's Instant Pot plus air fryer. Yeah. Oh! So I got a duo. So I returned okay. it and I upgraded. Um, okay. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> full on. So I made um, one of your recipes and it's my mom win. So I won't say it yet. But when okay. I, I recently, I told you everybody, I like updated my blog, paid somebody to like redo it. And I found this new recipe plugin that just like makes my recipes look better on the site, which is great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, it has a, um, like a plug and chug. You put in all the ingredients, put in how many uh, servings and it's, it'll calculate the nutrition. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. It don't work um, <laughs> at all. And this is exactly mm-hmm. why people should only read the blogs of dietitians. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> the, just be careful out there. Um, you know, I'm coming from a clinical space. I, I had actually a mom comment on my post that I was ranting and raving about inaccurate nutrition information on recipes, in, like just on the internet. And she said, you know, because I was saying like, I take pride in like, calculating by hand, like not by hand technically, but like the accuracy of everything that I post on my website as far as nutrition. And I'm like, that is so important to me because I work with people who they could dose their insulin incorrectly based on the information that I post on the internet. Like, I think that there is a, like a legality truly. I mean, people, Mm -hmm. okay. How many calories? Who cares? It doesn't matter. But how much sodium? I mean, what if that person has congestive heart failure? Right. I mean, yeah, some of these recipes, it, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of milligrams of sodium off. Um, wow. 
I mean, the carbs that for this particular recipe that I really found issue with, it, it under calculated the carbohydrates by 70%. Wow. Wow. I mean, it was so far off. So just word to the wise out there, just yeah, be cautious with information, nutrition information um, that is not from a nutritionally credible source. So it may be a fabulous recipe, great blogger, a fabo pictures, but just mm, careful there. Um, had a massage last week and this was yeah. kind of funny. So, <laughs> so the staff were all wearing masks, of course, but I didn't really think anything. I mean, I went in wearing a mask, but as soon as we like changed, Mark and I went together, it, um, as soon as we changed, like we didn't put our masks back on. And so they clearly saw that as like, we went into the room and, you know, you start like face down. And then when I went to go like flip up, she's like, Oh, do you have your mask? And I was like, no, you saw oh, me walk geez. into this room. Like, what do you mean? Where's my mask? So yeah. They were wearing like a full shield. I was actually really impressed, probably because they're just so close to you. Um, yeah. So I really, I thought they did a great job, but one, the massage was horrible. It was more like a oh. back tickle. Uh, she had just like <laughs> no methodology to her massaging at all. It was highly disappointing. And then at the end, she made some okay. comment um, and it was something like, they were talking to the masseuses were talking to each other and it was like, um, yeah, we don't get paid for another week. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Like, oh, geez. I mean, yeah, it's trying to get just, a big tip or something. Well, it certainly felt that way. And I felt very obligated at that stage for my crappy massage. So I tipped them $30 each because Mark had left. I t- and he's like, you tip them. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't even like your massage. And I was like, true, true. Um, so I would say overall, it was just an unpleasant experience. Uh, so, I, I mean, so it worked. It totally worked on you. It they totally, got you. they did. But <laughs> I was like, you know what? If they need the money, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, COVID yeah. has not hit our family. Like it has so many others. And I felt like maybe yeah. that's just my good deed um, for the yeah. day. That uh, was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the time this comes out, I'll be older. My birthday's on mm-hmm. Thursday, which is July oh, 2nd. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then, okay. You recommended to me the book, yes. Things You Save in a Fire. I texted you. I loved it. It was oh. like the most perfect palate cleanser. Um, I just loved it. So now I have a recommendation for you. Okay. Um, it was my book club book uh, this month. It was, somebody else picked it, but it's called The One by John Mars, M-A-R-R-S. Okay. So good. It's five different characters. So each chapter is on a different person. Um, and they have this intricate storyline and each chapter, it's just, each one's a couple pages, but it keeps you flipping. So like, I would want to know what happened to Ellie at the cliffhanger, but then I had to read the next four chapters plus the Ellie chapter to figure out what happened oh. to her. So it was one of those that it just kept like, you just kept wanting to read. Um, but it, I have flown through it. It is a quick read. So good. So good. Okay. Okay. I just started reading the bone. What is it called? Something bones. Lovely bones. Yes. Popular you book. Read that? I have not read it yet, but it, I've heard great things. It is not at all what I was thinking. I mean, I, I'm in, I, I'm in like maybe the first 30 pages. I didn't read at all over vacation. Zero. Zero. Oh, I mean, I had, I, I don't had, I had no time to read. I, I don't know. I just, just <laughs> didn't happen. I didn't get to really relax in that regard, I guess at all, but it's, it's interesting. Okay. So the one, I'll have to look for that. Thank you. I don't, I'm looking so it up good. right now on Goodreads and I don't see it, but I'll have to come back to it. Okay. Yeah. Great. great. I'm glad uh, you like the one. Things you saved yeah. I feel like I'm on a roll with, uh, 
the books lately. All right. Before we dig in, that was lots of catching up, but I, we needed it. It was good. We did. Um, so before we hop in, just a quick favor to ask if you are loving the show, please, please consider writing us a review on iTunes. They mean so much to us and just help other people, uh, find our show. We again, appreciate it tons and tons. So, uh, please do that. And all right. So a little bit, we're just talking energy today and I thought we're going to kind of go tip by tip, but before we do so on a day-to-day basis, Gina, how would you describe your energy level? Yeah, I am blessed. I would say it's very good. I I generally have quite a bit of energy. The, really, the only time I can remember not having much energy was when I, when I first started taking that Lexapro and it killed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if my allergies are really bad and I take I have to take a double dose of Zyrtec. But otherwise, on a day to day basis, I have a pretty darn good amount of energy. Yeah, that's great. I. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people, especially with young children, uh, you know, who are working full time can say that. But I would also say that my energy level is really, really good. I wake up in the morning feeling rested. I typically fall asleep within five minutes of my head hitting the pillow. Like I'm whipped at the end of the night. (laughs) And then I snore. (laughs) You you and Mark, you guys can uh, commiserate together. Um, But I don't really feel drained throughout the day um, or like wishing I was, you know, could take a nap or anything like that. And I, I, you know, I think as we will talk about, but kind of caffeine through the day, too, is not something that I do. So, yeah. Well, I will say lucky, I I guess you don't ever get like a three o'clock slump. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it I find that I'm more tired if I don't have like consecutive meetings or patients, you know, if there's oh, just a yes. lull in my day. Yes, but. definitely. If, yeah, if, if at three o'clock my 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 you know work is winding down, I don't have much to do. I definitely get a slump, and I sometimes will need to drink a little bit of coffee. And when I say a little bit, like I'll take a couple sips. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll be up all night. It, it happens very rarely, but I do tend to have like a three o'clock slump. Where I'll have to go out and walk or do something to kind of keep my mind moving and keep me active, so I don't. And then I I inevitably get a second wind. So yeah, always right. Yep. All right. So we're going to kind of go tip by tip. So again, we have 10 um, and kind of there's a little bit of information behind some, uh, but just thought we could spend some time talking about what we found success with. Um, A lot of these are well known. Others may be new to you, but let's just kind of hop in. So I think tip number one would be evaluating your sources of carbohydrates. So thinking about things like whole grains and fiber, how do they affect your energy level as compared to more processed carbs or something like uh, question for yourself, does limiting sugar perhaps give you more energy If and how, um, you know, and a lot of people stabilizing blood sugar levels, and, and that's not just diabetics. I mean, every time anybody eats carbohydrates, our, bl- our blood sugar goes up in our body. And so Preventing those drastic change in your, changes in your glucose um, in either direction can um, really help to stabilize energy and prevent fatigue. So any tips that you find, uh, Gina, with regard to carbohydrates specifically or sugar? Yeah, I, I really try hard. I almost always eat exclusively whole grains. I don't know. I feel like it does make me feel better. It could be placebo, but I also just enjoy the taste of whole grains better. Like I would never choose a piece of white bread. I just don't think it has taste. Um, but I, and I also choose to eat less sugar at night, not just because I feel like it will keep me up. Although I don't think that sugar at night really keeps you up, but really mainly for my blood sugar, because I tend to have higher blood sugar in the morning. Uh, but other than that, you know, I don't, hmm, 
I do try to eat more carbs during the day versus at night. And I think that's because, again, carbs, though, that are whole grain, hearty carbohydrates, also paired with the protein. I do think that keeps that helps stabilize my energy during the day. But I don't feel like I need as much at night for a couple of reasons. First, I don't need the energy. And second, I don't want my blood sugar to spike in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I do notice that with with me. And I think that's probably the case with most people. Like it's best to eat those hearty whole grains during the day paired with some type of a protein to keep your energy levels up and to keep you full. And then to maybe simmer down a little bit at night, would you say? For most people, that's probably a good general tip. Yeah, I think it depends on the person, but yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of noticed the same thing. I and we'll talk about this in a bit, but I'm an afternoon exerciser. Um, kind of right. immediately in walking in walking in the door. So for me, I'll notice if my lunch meal was like today I had pasta and it was not whole grain pasta. My workout mm-hmm. wasn't so hot today. Uh, whereas if I find that my lunch is a lot of whole grains or higher fiber foods, that really sustains my energy for longer during that workout or even through like the afternoon, I would say. Um, okay, so with regard to carbs, interestingly, I am working with several patients currently, like patients I've been seeing for years um, that maybe don't always <laughs> heed my recommendations. Um, but I recently convinced one in particular, uh, this this person was st- steadfast in eating like 90-ish grams of carbohydrate a day. Um, Happens to be diabetic. Um, We recently increased that to 150, 175 grams a day. And the reported energy levels is, he's just tickled. Um, And his glucose, his fasting sugars, and again, we're talking about a diabetic, have gone from 160s, 170s to like 110. Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I always, you know, the the bot. I mean, carbs coming in also stimulate an insulin response. So, you know, that's it's a balance, right? I noticed that if I have like a really rich dessert when I used to work in a kitchen, the cook was just the sweetest, and she made this peanut butter pie. I will never forget it. It was so good, but I would feel like complete crap anytime I would eat that thing. Again, I'm not diabetic, but I think my blood sugar went so high and came crashing so fast and I could feel it. I felt like I was having almost an out-of-body experience. Like mm-hmm. that's how crappy I felt. So for me, it just, it, it, as soon as you start to kind of pay attention to how those different carbs affect your body, you may notice that they impact your energy level. So just yeah. pay attention. I rarely eat desserts in the middle of the day. I only eat my desserts at night. I know I just said I, I eat less carbs at night and that's generally true. Like I generally have a pretty low carb dinner, but then, I, cause I know I'm going to have a dessert always. Mm-hmm. But if I eat a dessert, like a cupcake or cake or whatever in the middle of the day, I mean, that just exacerbates my 3 PM crash mm-hmm. always. Yeah. So it's, I try to avoid that. Well, this next one you're really good at. <laughs> this second tip, yes, I am. <laughs> try to get up every hour and walk, move, or even stand when you can. Set an alarm, make yeah. a schedule, just do it. So a bit of info and kind of background here. Um, sedentary lifestyle was previously, we kind of used it to describe people that did not engage in regular physical activity. However, Americans are more sedentary now than ever before. Um, you know, the boom of technology, convenience, just all of I me. Mean, I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. Um, <laughs> of course, there's some really good reasons for that, but Now we're finding that sitting 10 plus hours a day increases cardiovascular risk significantly. And Americans who spend three hours a day not sitting, um, Americans spent approximately three hours a day not sitting. And so the condition of sitting disease um, has emerged. So, you know, in a 24 hour day, basically, research was showing that Americans are only 
up, moving, standing, walking for three hours a day. I mean, 21 wow. hours of sedentary, just not moving. I so, see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I kind of read it backwards. But so in addition to like just that decreased energy utilization, the body has a lower energy expenditure leading to weight gain and other issues, kind of, you know, everything from posture, back injury, chronic pain. I, I can just say personally from COVID and now everything going virtual as far as meetings and basically not leaving my office all day long. My back hurts so bad all day. It's so be mindful of that kind of stuff. So a 2011 study in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine found that prolonged sitting was associated with a increased risk of 34 chronic diseases, including obesity, diabetes, cancer, and cardiovascular disease. So this sitting disease, we're going to hear more and more about it. So, I mean, and there's so much research out there to say that if you're sitting 10 plus hours a day, even if you have a rigorous exercise plan, it still is, you have sitting disease. It One does not negate the other, basically. So Gina, help us. You're good at this. What are your tips? Mm -hmm. Help me. (laughs) Help our listeners. I mean, you just stand. You figure out any way where you can put your computer, whether it's a laptop or, you know, a, um, a desktop up. So either buying a stand up desk or, you know, I know I came home one day and or actually I went on my, our Amazon cart and Nick had a stand up, like a little mini stand up desk that you can buy. You can actually put it on your desk. It's just a mm-hmm. an ex, it's an extra piece that you can put on your desk. You don't have to install it. It's very simple. And you just prop your laptop on top of there. And he bought that. I haven't seen him using it much. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, but he has it. That's a start. I, t- I have my um uh, my ironing board and that's where I put I have like three books that I have stacked and that's where I have my laptop you know, find a way that you can at least, you know, elevate yourself for half the day. If you can make that a goal uh, with your computer or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, at work, I have a stand up desk, ask your work to pay for one. You never know. It never hurts to ask. Uh, let's see. I also, this is so lame, but I do this every once in a while. Like if I just want to do, if I just have a burst of energy in my office and I just want to do something, I have a resistance band in my office where I'll just like randomly start to like stretch or do some arm workouts, not because I'm obsessed with working out. That's not why it just helps me just kind of release some energy and just move. And I just kind of enjoy it. So that's, that's the fun little idea. But I would say the best tip is figure out a way to stand, whether it's a stand up desk that you buy or a little one that you can buy on Amazon to add to your desk or stacking books or getting a box, Mm -hmm. whatever it takes. Yeah. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. I, I'm giving in. I'm getting an Apple Watch for my birthday, Um, but I'm going to wait till the new one comes out in like September-ish. But I do look forward to kind of the standing ring Um, because that's one of the rings, right? A standing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to help me a bit more than steps. Um, Yeah. Anyway, but I actually have a standing desk at work, but it's there's something wrong with it. It's so wobbly. And then this is me being fashion forward or trying to be my shoes at work are not comfortable. So like eventually stand like my feet hurt and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, you have to get a standing mat. I have a lot of needs apparently to make this work. Uh, Yeah, I I have a weights at my desk and I, I, it's maybe once a week, like I'll do like a five or a 10 minute, like little Peloton arm workout. Um, but we'll be up anyway, but I just find it really difficult. I try and walk at work, but I just, I do. I have a very, very, very sedentary job and COVID has made it so much worse. Yeah. Um, Cause every time I go outside, I have to mask up 
And then when I leave the building, I have to sanitize, unmask, sanitize. And then when I come back in, you know, do the same thing. And I have to get screened by, the, you know, the people at the front desk. Like, do you have this symptom? Do you have this? So it's like every time I leave, it's like a whole ordeal. So I'm making excuses. Uh-huh. Do you hear all the excuses? I do. I do. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so move. All right. Number three, caffeinate appropriately. So if you choose to caffeinate, uh, do so wisely. Uh, include but limit and put some goal kind of goal posts up for the times of day that you're going to include it in your life. So caffeine within 30 to 60 minutes of consuming it, it reaches its peak level in your system. However, mm-hmm. effects may last four to six hours. There may also be a bit of a placebo effect with caffeine. So you can like try and trick yourself with a decaf alternative in the afternoon that can kind of help with a, maybe a needed energy boost without hindering your ability to sleep that evening. So Gina, any tricks you got here? Yeah. They also make like half and half, like half caffeinated, half regular or mm-hmm. half decaf, half regular. So that's also a tip, but I, I am very sensitive. And I think there are some people who are not as sensitive to caffeine. I know that. I know that's a fact. Like for example, I, my boss can drink coffee at 4 PM and still fall, get a good night's sleep at night. Nick is the same way. Although I tend to think that's not really true. Mm-hmm. I see, I feel him tossing and turning and I'm like, didn't you just have coffee? Yeah, I think you're actually more sensitive than you think. He's coming down here right now. We should ask him why he's not using a stand-up desk. <laughs> but <laughs> I personally, yeah, I cannot drink caffeine past nine o'clock or 10 o'clock ever. Unless I maybe have one or two sips. A.M. to specify. You don't use your stand-up desk ever. <laughs> he's lying. Um, what did you say? I'm sorry, Nicole. Nine or 10 a.m., not p.m. Correct. Yeah, Thank okay. you. Nine or 10 a.m. I have my coffee right when I wake up around six o'clock and then I have another cup maybe around seven or eight and then I'm generally done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one time, I'll never forget this. I went to, although it could have just been even decaf, I'm sensitive to. I, I ordered a decaf latte once at four o'clock. I was up all night that night. Could have been placebo, you think? Or they screwed it up and gave you caffeine. I think because... I think that, well, decaf is not completely free of caffeine. I think mm-hmm. even that little bit of caffeine affected me. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sensitive too. I, I'm definitely addicted. If I go without migraine oh. immediately, um, it would, plus, <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it in uh, our future episode about constipation, but uh, yeah, it's important for a lot of different reasons. Yes. Um, oh yeah. So I drink anywhere between like 12 and 24 ounces of iced coffee in the morning, done with it by 9.30 AM latest. And I never consume caffeine past that point. And I, it would, I, and I just know from past, it would dramatically impact my ability to fall asleep at night. So I would say, even if you're somebody who you think caffeine doesn't impact you, try, like just try. Don't you think? Yes. Yes. I, I would agree with that. And I, like I said, Nick does not think caffeine impacts him, but I, then I'll catch him like taking a melatonin to fall asleep. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I, is that maybe because you had coffee at four o'clock? So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number four, if you're an av, if you're an evening exerciser, try not to exercise too close to bedtime. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a- I, obviously that is not a problem for me. I wake up first thing or I work out first thing in the morning. So, or if sometime that when I'm, you know, during work, if I'm actually going to work, I'll work out on my lunch break, but I cannot work out at night. I just can't. If I, when I come home, I am, I just have no desire to work out. That's interesting. Um, I so badly want to be a morning exerciser, but I found that doing so actually impacts my ability to fall asleep at night. It's like, I get this. I just get in my head. So 
I think it for me, it's just such a shift in my natural schedule of what my body wants to do. Like my body is like an 11 to seven. Like that is my preferred sleep schedule. My body naturally wants to go there at all times. So for me trying, I was, I think I was trying to work against mother nature in some ways for me personally by trying to work out in the morning. And so I've just given it up by and large. Um, I think like trying to make workouts happening. Yeah, it just, it was not. So I've stuck with my like late afternoon, early evening. Um, but yeah, I typically don't start a workout if it's past 5.30 p.m., of course, with the exception of hockey, which starts at like 10 p.m., um, but especially like higher intensity stuff close to bedtime causes me a lot of trouble in falling asleep. So I've decided that for me, it's just better to forego a workout um, if the day gets away from me uh, rather than starting it later in the evening. So give yourself that permission, I would say. Uh, that said, I make it a priority to exercise like right out of the gates when I get home from work. I mean, it is the first thing I do. Um, even leaving work, I'll, you know, unfortunately I kind of forego family kid time at that point when I walk in the door. Um, I'll even pack my clothes to take to work. I'll exercise on like a trail on my way home, you know, something. Um, yeah. And then it's not good. But nights that I have a hockey game, I will be up until two or three o'clock in the morning. I mean, Jeez. it's terrible. And I mean, I have to get up in the morning. So I have found my my coping mechanism is I'll have a beer um, and read my book until I'm sleepy. And that is a bad solution. I'm not endorsing that by any means. But I have <laughs> found and not two or three, but one um, yeah. does help. So if I force the issue, it kind of just results in more difficulty sleeping. So for me, it's you know, trying to come down from like that exercise high by like reading a book in a dark room. And um, doesn't that yeah. throw off your sleep schedule for a while? I mean, I didn't yeah. go to bed till two o'clock on, you know, once a week. That would just screw my entire week's sleep schedule. Yeah, I'd be trying to catch terrible. up on that for a week. Oh, it's terrible. That sounds terrible. Okay. Okay. Not all my games start at 10, but um, okay. yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> it does. Um, but I love hockey. All right. Number five, this is getting so much attention lately. Limiting blue yeah. light, um, especially in the one to two hours before bed. So using uh, blue light glasses for long, prolonged screen time. But basically what research has shown is that at night, light throws off the body's biological clock and, and the circadian rhythm just completely out of whack. So not all colors have the same, like colors of light have the same effect. Blue wavelengths which are most beneficial during the day, daytime hours to boost attention, reaction time, and mood. So that's things like your computer screen and your phone. They mm -hmm. seem to be most disruptive at night. Um, so exposure to light suppresses the secretion of melatonin, which is the hormone that influences circadian rhythm. So the blue light suppresses the melatonin about twice as long as the green light. Um, and I mean, that's just huge. So yeah. yeah, I don't How do you do with this? It's funny. I... I've always said, in fact, a lot of times when we're podcasting, especially late into the night when we do two at a time, I bring a melatonin down with me because I always have oh. trouble sleeping on nights that we podcast. I think it's just, I am I feel energized from all the talking and we're staring at our computer screen, which I yeah. rarely do before I go to bed. So it usually is one to two hours uh, of you know staring at a screen about one to two hours before we go to bed. And I always have trouble sleeping on these nights. So mm -hmm. I do believe that. I'm generally, though, very good about not looking at a computer screen. I know because TV screens don't count, correct? Yeah, they don't have the same. Yeah, it's not the same. I know you're still not really, it's still not good to watch TV necessarily right before you go to bed. I've heard that. It just, again, kind of gets your brain. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I've heard that recommendation necessarily 
they they even recommend not even having a TV in your room. I've heard that, haven't you? Oh yeah, I've you heard should, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why specifically, but I'm pretty good. I do generally watch TV right before I go to bed. I do though try to read a book or my Kindle, which is not blue light, mm-hmm. I, not light really bright at all, right before bed for at least thirty minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do. I'm very good about putting my iPad or my phone away. I might just like pick it up a few times to you know turn on my alarm or I don't know respond to a text. But generally, I'm pretty good about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would say I'm pretty bad about it. Um, <laughs> before bed is definitely like my me time. Probably worse with the Kindle, so not as bad. Um, but having a good book, I would say, keeps me away from my cell and my computer, which is a positive. So I, I focus on that. Um, but yeah, Mark and I typically spend the evenings together watching TV after kids are in bed. But yeah, I may like browse, browse social media on my phone during commercials or like slow scenes. Um, but I'm trying to get better. Uh <laughs> get my blog kind of caught up on the week weekends when I'm not on my computer as much. So it's just less time during the like weekday evenings that I'm on my computer after being on a computer all day at work. But yeah, it's, I do use blue light glasses at, at work and I love them. I need to get a, a, pick, a pair for home, but yeah. And kind of doing this research, I didn't realize there's like red light and green light. And, but um, there is some research now that's showing that like all this led lighting, which is great kind of eco-friendly stuff, but it's impacting people's circadian rhythms. So that's just something to be mindful of is, you know, if you recently just like switched out a bunch of your lighting to be LED, is it affecting your sleep? I don't know. Um, But for anybody who's on a computer for prolonged periods of time, which is probably a lot of people, buy some blue light glasses. They're like $10 off Amazon. They look super cute. And will you you put a link in the show notes? I'm interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number six, (laughs) avoid alcohol. How do you do, Gina? <laughs> I'm so good at this because alcohol does affect me. Uh, you know, I will say when we were at um, uh, the, where, where did we go? That water park, Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> and there, I mean, I think you had a beer right before. I, I cannot drink right before I go to bed. I cannot do it. It it just Fs with my sleep 100%. I had to have at least two hours before going to bed. Now that doesn't always happen. I mean, there are nights when we go out and I, We'll certainly drink not two hours before I go to bed. Um, but those are nights where I don't really care. Like I know I'm going to stay up late anyway, whatever. And then I probably won't fall asleep until I actually pass out, like literally pass out. Um, but I, I just can't, I can't do it. So I don't do it. And I, and my sleep to me is so, so important that I, I just will not drink. If I don't drink generally past seven o'clock. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. What about oh. you? Seven. I mean, I don't like, I don't have it written down as a rule, mm-hmm. but generally that's how it works. If I fall asleep around nine or 10, I have my last drink. If, you know, my last drink, you know, I generally only have one a day if that, but mm-hmm. I don't, I generally have my wine with dinner anyway. So that's not really a problem. We eat pretty early. Yeah, for me, I noticed the jump, like going from one drink to two, that is when it starts to affect my sleep. Um, so I think at Great Wolf Lodge, I had at least two. Um, <laughs> I, was on, I was in voca- vacation mode, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and I'm I not judging the, at all. Oh, just no. FYI. It's fine. Okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the quality of sleep, like you think you're getting good sleep. But my new thing, this is like, oh my gosh, you know, mid 30s. My new thing is, if I have that more than one, I will get up to go to the bathroom at some point, like sometime between two and 4 a.m. And I cannot get back to sleep. Oh. Um, so it's not necessarily a getting getting down for the, for the you know, to start the night, but I will be up at some point for 
to me, a prolonged period of time is like not falling asleep immediately. Um, but anyway, yeah. Also pay attention to what types of alcohol have what effect. So I noticed personally that wine makes me a lot more sleepy and um, actually hard alcohol the least. I also don't like hard alcohol really, so I don't tend to drink it. Um, cocktails to me are just not not as lustworthy as <laughs> beer or wine. But I, I, I would. does wine make you sleepier than beer? I guess it does. I think it does. But also beer makes me drunker. Isn't that funny? Oh, interesting. Like I could, I can get drunk off, not drunk. I'll feel good after, after 16 ounces of beer. Next really drunk. Moving on. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I can have like 16 ounces of beer and still feel pretty good. And I have a glass of wine or I feel good and a little bit tipsy. Okay. I have a glass of wine and I'm like, I don't even feel like I drank anything. Isn't oh, that weird? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, but I that's know. good. I mean, that's a good takeaway, I would say. Um, yeah. Interesting. All right. Seven, develop lists and routines that allow you to keep more organized so that when the day is done, your mind is not racing. <laughs> How do you do, I Gina? Am, I'm like, if you asked anyone a word to describe me, it might be lists. <laughs> <laughs> I am the queen of lists. I mean, ask Nick specifically. He makes fun of me all the time. I have a list for everything. I even have had a list for our vacation, our 10-hour car ride, what we were going to do for each hour to keep our kids occupied. I, I mean, I am just blo- mind blown. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really, really good at this. And I do that for that very reason. So I'm not constantly reminding myself in my brain like what I have to do. Yeah. You know, I was cleaning the kitchen today before coming down here. And I thought of five things I needed to do. And instead of continuing to go over it in my head, I wrote it down so I could remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, I'm a list, I'm a list girl for sure. Yeah. Always have been. I would say more than lists, I really rely on my Outlook calendar. So I've simplified to just one calendar. Work is the one that I have to follow, right? So I've just, mm-hmm. everything that we do ends up on my Outlook calendar, which is on my phone. So if I have that, which I always do, I ha- I can keep it all together, right? Work, personal. Yeah. Um, but I'll also email myself reminders. Do you do that too? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yes. I do that very, very often. Yep. Um, it is not uncommon when I walk into work in the morning that I'll have 10 emails from myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it'll say like note to self on the email. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, crazy. That. Open this one too. <laughs> like, but it helps. I, it just, it feels like once I do that, it's like taking care of and I can free my mind of that stuff. Um, yes, I agree. I don't know. I use the notes app on my phone and I try not mm. to pro- just try not to pro- procrastinate doing things, even though I'm still really bad at, you know, I am Gina, like I'm so like, I am like a ninth inning kind of girl. Um, but yeah, I would say knowing that crossing off my to do's is going to help me reduce stress and improve sleep and subsequently my energy. So I think all of those is just kind of like a, you know, a domino effect that if you can take care of one um, and I think just getting organized, that can lean up, mean a lot of different things. I've been yeah. known to even organize a closet on the weekend and I feel like a whole new person. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's the next disaster? Let me <laughs> on it. So. I love it. I could have been a professional organizer myself. I honestly think that would have been a good job for me. I could just go into people's houses and be like, oh my gosh, okay, where do we start? Let's do this. Let's do that. I just, it's my thing. I love it. I mean, that's not me, but man, when I, when I get the itch, like I can yeah. go, I mean, girlfriend yeah. can go. So I know I have it in me. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> um, 
striking that balance. Yeah. And I think not becoming like over obsessed with perfection and, and like be, yes. everything being organized is important. Not that you are, but if, uh, right. you know, it's, it's finding a process that works for you. Certainly. All right, yep. Gina, tell us about your number eight, delegating and say, no, you're really good at this too. No I wonder know, your I, energy I, levels are so good. I, I have never had a problem saying no. And, and I have also never had a problem delegating. I am I guess that's probably one of the reasons I'm a good manager or boss because I delegate the crap out of everything. I can organize a to-do list like no other. I'm a delegator. I will, I mean, if, you know, we've got 50 things to do before opening in in August, I've got another dietitian who works under me who is a direct report of mine. I know, I will write out a list of what needs to be done and I will delegate, delegate, delegate. I mean, obviously I will still do stuff, but I have no problems delegating. And I never have, not just with work, but, you know, home life in general. And I also don't have a problem saying no. If I, if I don't think something's going to fit into my schedule or we're already too overbooked, you know, I will certainly say no. I will, I will gladly um, say thank you. And I appreciate the offer. Let's do it again. Let's, let's reschedule this. It sounds like fun. I have no problem saying no if it is not something that A, I want to do or B, I think uh, will fit into our schedule. Yeah. And lately there hasn't been much saying no because yeah. we haven't had many, um, many invitations. I mean, it's so depressing to me that we're having a 4th of July and, and like literally doing nothing. I think we're going to have uh, Nick's mom over for, you know, a, a nice meal outside and probably bring the pool out. But I, we're not going to go to the parade in the morning. We're not going to get donuts, which we always do on the 4th of July, which we, I guess we could still do. But we always go get the donuts which is right by the parade. We go watch the parade. We come home, we have a cookout. We go to the fireworks. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be very strange. Anyway, I'm totally off topic now. <laughs> I'm a good delegator and I'm a good, I'm good at saying no. Well, when what about you? COVID is done with us, um, you may not be able to say no as easily. Like you might have some like catching up to do. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Probably oh, probably, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, first of all, we don't see, and there is, yeah, I, I don't see a, a time when that, that, that that's even going to happen. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, I've 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 listened to some podcasts that it's probably going to most likely this will be, we'll still be dealing with this like next year in September. It might even be not until next September that we have a vaccine. I mean, that's can you can you imagine that okay. like, like a year so plus? Depressing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am really bad at delegating and saying no, <laughs> like terrible, actually <laughs> worse than standing in the middle of the day. Um, my bigger issue perhaps is like too many irons in the fire. So yeah, just not being able to say no, I want to do everything. And I have intense, intense, intense FOMO fear of missing out. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a very social person. I cannot handle people doing things that I am not a part of. It just, yeah, I just want to be a part of all the fun. Um, and knowing when to exit something from your plate is so important. I'm learning this, um, but it's going to be a lifelong journey for me. So keeping too many balls in the air, we all have plenty of them. Um, I just add a few too many usually. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've just learned that I, that stress and pressure, as soon as it's starting to impact my mood and my energy, when it's no longer energy giving and it's, it's soul sucking is when <laughs> I need to like exit something off my plate. So I'm getting a bit better about it. Um, uh-huh. but when too much stuff is going on, we just falter. And, and that just kind of, for me at least has a, a bit of a slippery slope with, with mood, I would say. And, and it leads to stress, which leads to poor sleep, which leads to less energy. So I would say for myself, at least that loss of control is, 
is an energy drain. And and that's that sense that I won't be able to stay above water is what I have to avoid. So I, I would say in a lot of ways, COVID has been positive for me in that way because there's no FOMO. There's nothing going on. Yes. Like, yes. so I've just been able to focus and really, I've probably been, been sleeping better than ever, honestly. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, cause I, I, there's less going on. I'm not running around in the evenings and all weekend long. I, I don't know. I've just simplified. And so I think for me, when I kind of start a new kind of in this, in as things open up and all of that, I may just, I'm going to have to be more selective about what goes on my plate back on my plate. I, I think listening to you talk, that is a great idea just based <laughs> on what you just said. That's yes. That's probably in the cards and that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, it is. All right. Nine. We're good at this one. Keep on a consistent schedule. Avoid wide variations in your rise time and bedtime. Um, so yeah. if you choose to nap, um, I'm not a napper, but if you choose to do so, time it right and keep it short. So research shows that after lunch around 2 or 3 p.m. and for about 20 minutes, no longer than an hour is an acceptable nap. So basically you want to avoid non, you want non-REM sleep. You want to avoid REM because that's what leaves you feeling like that groggy, just like less alert than when um, when you went to bed. So, or yeah. when you went down for that nap. So any, how do you do with this, Gina? Yeah, those are cat naps. And those are the best mm-hmm. kind of naps. I'll just say to my kids, I'm just resting my eyes. And mm-hmm. this is what my mom used to say too. <laughs> Gina, I'm just resting my eyes. And I used to make fun of her so much. Resting, Mom's resting her eyes. We used to always say that. I do it now. And I, I, I very rarely take a nap, I will say. And because I do actually find that it affects my sleep. If, But I think before when I took naps, it was longer than 20 minutes. So if you get into that, REM sleep, you are going to seriously affect your sleep that night. And I have done that. Oh yeah. So yeah, if I take a nap, which is rare, it's usually for only about 20 minutes, even sometimes 15 minutes. And uh, I will say during COVID, like the whole stay at home order, when I just started taking Lexapro, I think I napped every day because that's how exhausted I was. Mm. But it was just a 20 minute cat nap. It just got me energized and good to go. But generally, yes, I do not. I do not take naps. I will say though, I am very good about keeping a consistent schedule. In fact, I think sometimes it annoys people. I've always been very good about keeping our kids on a consistent schedule. And I'm happy that I have the support in my husband who agrees with that. You know, I think that I've got some friends who are, I think I know you're good at this with your kids too, Mm -hmm. but you know, I generally, unless we're on vacation, they'll maybe stay up like an hour later, but generally they don't go to bed ever past nine o'clock and that's on the weekends. During the week, it's always, you know, Start to put go to bed at seven, asleep by eight o'clock, always. I mean, almost without fail. And uh, I would say the same with me. I have very few variations in my sleep, uh, go to sleep and awake times. Even on the weekends, I would say it's only plus or minus an hour. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I was kind of flabbergasted when you said about the hockey. That would just screw with me. That would mm-hmm. for weeks, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, so that's the thing that like it sucks for a day, but then if you push through, then you're kind of like back on your schedule. Um, yeah. So I would say for me, naturally, I'm kind of up between six and seven every day, like clockwork. I don't even need an alarm anymore, um, but it actually oh, wow. did go off this morning. But that's just I, my kids would get me up. I would never be late to work or anything. I'd never be super late to work. Let's put it that way. Uh, but I would say getting on a schedule, like kind of like I said earlier, that allows your body to naturally rise is energy giving to me. So I I kind of hold on to that. So 11 to 7 is kind of my preferred. And that's definitely what I stick to on the weekends. Um, but for me, that also includes going to bed at a consistent time. So mm-hmm. uh, for people like my husband, he lays in bed until like noon. Oh, wow. I mean, he would... 
if I let him, which normally it's more like 10, but still that then that night he'll go, he'll toss, he'll turn your snore. I'm like, you're not tired. You need to get up and you've been up for 12 hours. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you oh need to like, yeah, I mean, okay, big boy, like let's, you know, like live life for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. He, he sleeps until 10 o'clock on the weekends. I yeah. can't even imagine. I couldn't even do that if I tried. No, same, same. That's- but I think it's, people think that they can make up sleep. And I think teenagers might be able to get this is opinion, uh, by the way, but I think teenagers can kind of get away with that, like almost storing up some sleep and energy in that way. But I think adults, that circadian rhythm is like ingrained. I I, I think it's really Mm -hmm. something that it gets a little harder to mess with, with mother nature in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I think honoring the sleep wake, whether it's for yourself or your children, I agree. We have a reputation with our children or like kind of families that we know. And they're like, Oh, the the Morrissey's like they're really strict about bedtime. I'm like, really? Like, I mean, <laughs> strict is just not a word that I would use to describe myself in that way. But people say that we're very strict about bedtime. But well, when we with, were there, I think it was eight o'clock, and all of a sudden, I didn't see the girls, and I was like, wait, did they already go to bed? <laughs> You're like, yep. Wow, that's impressive. Well, and bedtime is like, kiss, good night, like you know, teeth, oh, wow. potty two books um and then which they still read like board books so it's it's quick quick and then kiss kiss night night and door closed and see in 12 hours um yeah <laughs> it's I, I feel very blind but I think with that and so any parents who are like early on in their sleep training if you will I will say getting into that routine has allowed us to have babysitters kind of come into the picture very easily. It's never like a thing to get a new babysitter acclimated my kids don't even like come out of their room. I mean, they are, and that's going to change because they're going to get older and smarter, right? But at this point, they're tired. I mean, we run those yeah. kids ragged during the day yep. and, and on the weekends and stuff. They're ready for sleep. And um, I wish they would sleep in, but that's not how kids work, right? I mean, you can't will them to sleep. Uh, they have Even if you sleep. put them to bed late, nope. they will still wake up at the same time. It has been proven. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. And sleepy gets sleep. So yeah, I, I think a consistent sleep schedule is important. Um, and energy given. Yeah. So I said we had 10 tips. We only have nine. Um, <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> I can't count. Um, all right. So Gina, mom win, yeah. favorite new recipe or product or fail. Oh, Looks like you have oh a fail here. I have a mom fail. Here's my story. Okay. So we went to Target probably three weeks ago to get some things for the kids' lunches. And I picked up these yogurt pouches. Oh, it was like it was a day at school where Paige had to pick her favorite color and then pack a bunch of food that was that color. So of course her favorite color was pink. And I was like, what the heck am I going to pack? That's pink. So I went to the store and bought a bunch of things that had pink wrappers. So one of those was a strawberry yogurt. So I, I pick up this box of strawberry yogurt. I put one of them in her lunch. I, I could have sworn I picked it up from that. It was shelf stable. And then I picked it up from the shelf at, at target. So I had it in our pantry. But of course, when I packed it, I put it in her the refrigerator so she would eat it and it would be cold, right? Well, after she'd had two of them, oh, I no. realized that it was supposed to be refrigerated. <laughs> yeah, she ate the, she went to eat the third one. She was like, this tastes weird. And I went to taste it and I was like, hmm, it didn't taste it, like it was rotten or sour. It just tasted, or I'm sorry, it didn't taste like it had gone bad or rancid. It just tasted really sour. So that's. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it tastes like when it didn't taste spoiled. It didn't, it didn't even taste inedible. Honestly, it was just really sour and off. I probably still would have eaten it. 
Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the probiotics and the, the cultures in there kind of helped. I mean, think about it. I leave my butter out on the, on the counter. I don't yeah. put it in the refrigerator. You know, people used to drink warm milk all the time. So it, I, I, no, she did not get sick. I mean, she was fine. I was wondering, but okay. yeah, she was, she was fine. So I, I think possibly it was, I mean, it must've been okay. But yeah, I was like, oh crap, it must refrigerate. Oops. Can you imagine how many probiotics were in there? By the oh. time it sat at room temperature, just like yeah. <laughs> growing and growing and growing. Probably not just some, not, not just probiotics, probably also, <laughs> what, is, what would be the opposite of pro? Uh, <laughs> Malbiotics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Malbiotics. <laughs> okay. So then my next one is my quinoa salad that I love to make. It's And I'll put the recipe in our show notes, but it's just quinoa, feta, cucumber, dill, tomato, and oil. And it's just delicious. And we made that over uh, vacation and it's just really, really good. So it's a, it's a good summer salad. You can also kind of um, bulk it up or beef it up by adding, you know, more protein in the form of, you know, uh, cooked or boiled salmon or, you know, chunks of mm. chicken or steak tuna, whatever you want to do. So. Sounds so good. What about you? Okay. So I made your mac and cheese with ham and peas in my new Instant Pot. It was my first recipe <laughs> and it was fantastic. So we talked, you talked about it in the Healthier in a Hurry episode, which I think was yeah. episode 55. Um, okay. And Mark does not like ham. This is his thing. He does not like okay. ham. And I was like, whatever, dude, this is dinner. And I thought the kids would inhale it. They, this is just their new, they just do not eat dinner. It it just drives me nuts. So not even Piper, you know, Piper sometimes will just do what Shay does. And so I'm not convinced. Um, but Mark and I loved it. Um, oh, good. And I am convinced that any child who's willing to try something new, um, I roll to my children right now. They would love it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of our faves. And both of my kids will like it. And Paige doesn't quote unquote, doesn't even like Mac and cheese, which will eat this. I loved it. I, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend. So I'll put the. We're um, actually making it for 4th of July. We're making oh, that, okay. and, but we're adding uh, pork, uh, not pork spare ribs, pork, maybe back, pork back, like a really fatty cut of pork that Nick has from, oh. I don't know, something that he's had for a while in the freezer. He's going to sear that and then shred it and put it into the, into the mac and cheese. It's going to be nice and healthy. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would highly recommend. All right. Read a review. We have one from Lindsay.10. Relatable and fun. It just says enjoyable. So much fun with food with some heart. Love so it. thanks. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Easy. Love it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So coming up on July 12th, we will be dishing about the fun topic of constipation. I promise you'll learn something and it'll be very entertaining. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, which is dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, please be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right. Until next time, everyone be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon and have a great birthday. Thanks, Tina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.